oftentimes we look in onto people's lives from afar and wonder why can't our lives look like theirs? Their Instagram, friends, their car, everything they have just seems so perfect. And we all see greener grass elsewhere. The reality is everyone is facing and dealing with hard things, often not shared or or highlighted because why would you want the hardships of your life to be in the light? I remember when I was going through dark places in my life, I didn't want to share with anyone because it's almost taboo to have something wrong with you. Silly now to think I was worried about what people would think. Slowly our world and culture is shifting and seeing the good in being vulnerable and aware. Finally, having safe places to share with others and therapy being for everyone. Mental health being known and understood instead of brushed under a rug. How are you questions are real because we actually care how our friends and family are. I was listening to the song Lonely by Justin Bieber, which got me in my feels. (laughs) In the lyrics, it's clear that he... um, Justin Bieber, who was discovered at only 13 years old, wrote about his personal feelings um, into this song. Everybody knows my past now, like my house was always made of glass. And maybe that's the price you pay for the money and fame at an early age. Everybody saw me sick. They criticized the things I did as an idiot kid. When I was in middle school, this was my famous crush, Justin Bieber. I thought he was so cute, and he had it all. And now hearing this song, it makes me stop and think. Justin often now shares about mental health so people can be aware and know it. If anything, I want people to remember to not look in on someone and wish for what they have. We're all facing something. So be gracious to yourself, be kind to others, walk alongside those who need it, and remember your story is just as important. With that, welcome to the table. guys welcome back um for our appetizer today we are going to go back and time a little bit so if you remember um for season one episode three mason and hannah brought us um some questions that would dig deep into our souls and tell us all about our personality um the proust question questionnaire um 35 questions and they picked out like four so i have picked out four more oh nice again this i'm not this gonna tell you who you deepest darkest everything is but you're welcome to go online take all of them and have a clearer picture of where you are <sighs> yeah I, f- I always get so stressed with things like this because I feel I like I'm gonna be the wrong person you know <laughs> Adam you are perfectly there's used. no right or wrong it's wrong. You're, yeah, yeah it's just, you're what person will be wrong <laughs> I don't I just the opposite of the one you want to be yeah I just I just I feel 
I don't know. I... <laughs> Yikes. Okay, but these are a little bit deeper. So um, mm. for mm. those of you who are just joining us, um, the questions buckle in season up. one. Hmm? Oh, I, sorry. I just. You said for those up. of you who are just joining us, I said buckle up. Buckle up. Um, Hannah and Mason talked about the most prized possessions, when and where we were the most happiest, what's your motto for your life, um, and what talent would you like to have? Um, and so today, we're going to do the first question a little bit differently, just to get our brains working. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moving really slow this morning. So. <laughs> Look to good. your left, and I know, listeners, you can't see who's on our left, but what is the phrase that that person most overuses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not! I'm not supposed to look at my coffee cup. No, <laughs> the person to your left, Adam. Everyone else did it. <laughs> I, okay. I literally just looked over and I was like, "Well, there's my coffee cup." The, the phrase that they say. They the phrase that you think they say the most. <laughs> I don't know if you can repeat mine. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm so for for me, um, to my left is Mason, and I noticed while um, going through all of our old episodes, you know, trying to think back into mm. what. It was our best sort of games and stuff that for the first five episodes, Mason started with, all right, guys. Mm. <laughs> so if you go back <laughs> the first five episodes, this is true. This Mason's is true. like, all right, guys. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So Mason, yeah. what about Adam? Uh, Adam says, uh, you know a lot. You know? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably, Yeah. <laughs> I probably, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. You know, <laughs> I'm going through the Rolodex that I have on uh, old Lee over there. Old Cleet. Uh, I think feel like this because it, this came up a few times this weekend meetings where Lee said the phrase something to the effect of like, "Sorry, I got us derailed or off topic." Or wait, is this off topic? But yeah, something to that effect. That's true. <laughs> Like, uh, I know this isn't on topic, but let's, let's talk about this. Let's just go ahead and do it. My favorite is when she says that, but it actually is on topic. And I have to say like, no, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Where did you think we were right now? Well, you know, I'm always kind of in outer space, so I have to, I don't know, but that is convicting. I'm going to, I'm going to not do that anymore. Um, thanks for hanging in with me on that. Um, Hoops is to my left. There are many, but she always, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. 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 Oh, my gosh. Um, Kate's is, oh, yeah, because she knows the facts, <laughs> and she knows what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is good. I feel like an okay human. <laughs> oh you know? Adam was you also know? saying buzz a lot oh prior to buzz recording this. Yeah. He was trying All right, to make so happen. second question. What are your favorite names? Like okay. people names? It just mm. said, what are your favorite names? Mm. Jonesy. Mm. Bouge. Mm-hmm. Like nicknames for each other. Did you ever have like as a kid, like a name that you really wanted to be called that was not your name? Um, yes, um, and I Sharpie marketed it over everything in my house and I got a <laughs> terrible spanking. <laughs> what was it, Lee? Um, well, I had to, I wanted my name to be spelled L-E-I-G-H and not L-E-E, <laughs> so I changed like my monogram bags I wrote over with Sharpie. Like, oh, oh, my goodness. Ooh. Oh, wow. wow. But I also really, really wanted to be named Kathleen. Like, really, <laughs> really bad. Hey, well, same, Kathleen. Same, but Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole. Just have it. Why? why? My um, brother, I may have told this story before, but he 
um, made my mom call him John Robert for like an entire year. His name's Ben. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. Nobody really knows why. But John But do y'all have names that you just think are pretty or like you just think, you know, the best of? Mm. I mean, Hannah is a really pretty mm. name. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> just uh-uh. kidding. Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, I love that my aunt's name is Nora Jane. I love oh, her name. I like mm. that. Mm-hmm. I love double names. Yeah, no one here is surprised. So yeah, I love that. I mean, I I really do like. I this is going to be like the most like uh, roll, let them roll roll your eyes at Adam thing. But like, I love my daughter's name, like Jane Bradley, Janie yeah, B. Like, it's, such it's a just cute name. It reminds me of the people that she was named for, and I just think it's pretty, and it's just yeah. I don't know. I love when people say their middle name, and I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. It just goes with mm-hmm. you know. What is your middle name? Oops, Lynn. Lynn. That's Hannah right. Lynn. Instagram. My Instagram. Everyone I thought your mom's name was Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, I've been watching too much. Yeah, that's what you said. I've got a few names. I really like the name Charlie. Mm-hmm. I think Charlie's a cool name. Yeah. Chuck for short. No, Charlie. <laughs> oh. Mm. Charlie. No. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh also my uh my grandpa's name was Leroy. Mm. My friends called me in high school. Yeah, I like I like <laughs> Leroy's a cool name. And Roy is a cool name just in and of itself, I think. It's very yeah. interesting. And then also uh Levon is a cool name. Spell it. L E V O N. Levon. Yeah. And the reason I think of that is cuz uh Levon Helm is the singer and the drummer of the band. Oh. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just interesting. All right, so <laughs> What, in your opinion, is the most overrated virtue? Whoa. Oh, man. Can you name some virtues? Like, (laughs) (laughs) patience? The most overrated virtue. Can you name some more? Kindness. (laughs) Because right now, it's going to be patience. (laughs) (laughs) What have I learned today? That Lee only knows one virtue. Like, uh, yeah, fruits of the spirit. If only we had something. That we could like look it up. Um, yeah, I'm googling it right now. Okay. Uh, mm, I'm sorry, hmm. I didn't know I needed a list of virtues. <laughs> <No>. to- <laughs> virtues. I just can't think of like anything that I think is. So just, we like, have courage, way. bravery, um, moderation, liberality, magnificence, magnam, okay, generosity, <laughs> magnanimity, yeah, patience, friendliness. Oh, Aristotle's 12 virtues. Interesting. Truthfulness, wit, modesty of ego, and justice. And they all have their virtue, but what do you think is the most overrated? What did you say? Ego? Well, it, like modesty. Mm. I think, so one thing about Herschel that he doesn't have that you know back when you were a teenager and you like wrote a list down of all the things you wanted you know mm-hmm. um nothing against that teenagers but just you know that was the thing when i was in youth group and i always thought like i need someone like super charismatic like especially mm-hmm. growing up in the church world that can like get on stage and be funny and loud and crazy you know and herschel is that is not herschel at all and as i've grown in marriage with herschel I so appreciate the fact that he's not like that. Yeah. Like he is so consistent. He is so chill. And like, you might not get 
Like your first impression of Herschel might not be, he's just, oh, he's so warm and so kind and so wonderful. But I think when you know him, like you get that. Mm. Yeah. So that's going to be mine. I like like that. that. Top it. Mm. Top it. Hmm. Looks like I win. Yeah. Yeah. So far, Lee, you're very much overrated virtue. This is really a difficult thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. I said there would be more difficult. And I feel like I really could be the wrong person if I say the wrong thing. (laughs) Like (laughs) charity. (laughs) Yeah, like charity. Like, did someone say excellence in there? Was excellence one of them? No. That was. Uh, uh, no. Let me read these again. Yeah. Okay. Brave, temperate, generous, truthful, witty, friendly, spirited, conscientious, indignant, benevolent, industrious. Could witty be, be like sarcastic? Sarcastic humor. Yeah. Humor. <clears throat> I love being witty, though. Um, because I think that one it can be overrated when people don't apply it the right way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like people that are, I had a, somebody I worked for who was extremely sarcastic to me and I never knew when I was doing something right or something wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. Are you talking about me? Yeah. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Just someone. I've best boss for. ever. Over there. <laughs> He's the best boss. <laughs> um, I'm going to reject the premise of this question and say all of them are equally as important. <laughs> Like, what about bravery? Like, I was going to say, I think so mine brave. is either bravery right. or courage. Why can't I because, just be scared sometimes? Well, I think yeah, when you pump up those things, like you knock down the intelligence and the thoughtfulness behind doing something. Instead, you're like, no, I'm doing this because it needs to get done. And, you know, it has. it's like, to me, it's like the, um, like what all the crusades were fought on basically bravery and the defense mm-hmm. of what they thought they were going for. Um, and they didn't really go, okay, like, wait, but like, these are human lives. Like they, like for me, like bravery and courage sometimes, not all the time, um, gets pumped up to be without like thought. Mm. Well, and I think those can very easily be misinterpreted. Yeah. But right? you're like, saying most overrated. So like what in our culture have we like pumped up to be something that we're like, well, like also, but you need this with this virtue. You also need, you know. Bravery, just like the spiritual like you can hide you don't have to feel pain like you can numb mm-hmm. yourself out to pain if you mm. you're so brave when you get that shot it's like allow yourself to feel like it's okay it's, it, it does hurt like shots do hurt it's uncomfortable <laughs> yeah mason any thoughts mason's really pondering i know he is he's got the pondering face i've just got like zero wheels turning mason seems like he's got a thousand <laughs> wheels One turning million. right now <laughs> yeah i'm i'm just i'm looking over this list and i'm yes pondering I'd say the is the one that's overrated. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm, I, I guess overrated. And this is by, you know, Kevin Habits, whoever this person is, who <laughs> who I guess blogged about. Sounds Aris- like a scholar. Yeah, <laughs> whoever <laughs> blogged about Aristotle's twelve virtue. Sorry, uh, Kevin. We virtues. really know nothing about you. <laughs> I hope you're not listening, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Shout be real. Kevin. Kevin's not listening. To He's right not. Now. Um, but based on this, I would say the most, um, hmm, yeah, I'd probably say the, the most overrated Come on. would be, Lee's <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, patient. I, I would say, I would say justice is overrated. Okay. Mm. And the reason because I think that based on this, 
sense of right slash wrong indignation. I think I think that can really dip into more of an ego stance than a I'm doing something for the good of something else, and then it it turns mostly into about you instead of whoever what I you're think is right and wrong instead of instead of what you're trying to do. So it's very fair. That yeah. is that is my that is my answer. Especially pervasive in culture. Yeah, totally. Adam, are your are your wheels done? Can I move on to the next are question? You, or do you? Are your wheels no, done? I'm, not moving. <laughs> yeah, I actually I was stalled on a hill, and now I'm just going backwards. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Just, so last question. <laughs> last question. Um, where money? Uh, no option. Where would you most like to live? Money that, was no option. Take that. Take that question. However you want it to be. Mm. Two homes. <laughs> okay. Where, where, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, you can't choose two places. Yeah, where would you like to live? Hawaii and? And I think this is for Joe, Colorado. Okay. He loves that I, stuff. Hawaii was the first place to, I think, are we supposed to say Hawaii? I don't know. I've heard people saying it weirdly. Hawaii? <laughs> I think that's how they say it. I'm like serious. Barcelona? <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, Hawaii. Um, I think that's the first thing that came to mind. Too. Okay, so we can be neighbors. Okay. 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 <laughs> but... I don't, that's not my culture, you know, and like, mm-hmm. they're very, very protective of their culture. If you're not one of them, which mm. totally makes sense. Yeah. So, I don't know, but I, I'm thinking that too. Now, do you do that based on like, would the Bahamas or the, you know. Well, I was going to say Eleuthera because it is in so insanely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. is it just like the temperate zone or is it like. Just the water and the, the yeah. people and the, but. You can't get goods. It's expensive. Gas. Getting from the next island to the next. It's just complicated. So I just went with Hawaii because it just seems a little more. But money. But money's not. But yeah, it. money's not. Yeah. Option. No. Yeah, obstacle. but I, But money doesn't have like hurricanes. You know, money okay. doesn't really trump hurricanes. So that's fair. I was just thinking Hawaii, but. Hmm. Adam, what about you? You know, this is really difficult as well. No. Brentwood, Tennessee. I, <laughs> this is, this is why he's still here because yeah. he you can't know, decide. <laughs> Part of me did go to like, I love, I love where I live. Like I mm-hmm. love the, like I, I love Franklin. Like I like love the Brentwood area. Like I love some of that. Like, so it's kind of like, but part of that too is like the people, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I have yeah. to separate the people from like the environment that right. I want to be in. Yes. So, um, I would say, um, somewhere on water, like, Right now, I'm thinking like somewhere on intercoastal waterway, where like I would have my own like mm. house on water, where it's like that's that's my view, right? Look at water, walk out to my own dock, get on a boat, and be able to just that's go out. Like that's my so like exact location. You know, not sure, TBD, but, some, but yeah, somewhere in the intercoastal waterway, yeah. fishing so every day, I looked year into round, somewhere in the intercoastal waterway. <laughs> Mason, do you have a you have a favorite place or a place yeah, you would I most a, like I to live? I got a few, not just one. Definitely <laughs> like mountains somewhere, like Colorado. We can be neighbors too. Yeah, I've never been to Colorado. I want to go. It's um, so good. Yeah. I've never been either, but Joe the most I've know about it. Colorado is Dumb and Dumber when they go to Aspen. That really <laughs> I have, I have sums it up for you. Yeah, I feel like it does. I feel like it does. Uh, but yeah. Colorado, just up in the mountains. I, I enjoy the mountains. Uh, that or, or Alaska. Ooh. I feel like Alaska Alaska's a place that I would live in if I if I could. I've heard it's sure. awfully cold though. Okay, but yeah, if like you're sure. right, what about in the proposal there in Sitka and like the yeah, sun never goes down? Yeah, it's a very interesting thing, right? Very months. interesting. 
Um, that so that would be interesting. I also, I also would uh, internationally. I'd like mm. to. I'd like to be in Italy. Mm-hmm. I went to my family and I went on a cruise when I was young, in like seventh grade or something. And we went to like it was like a Mediterranean cruise, and one of the Italian places we went to was Sorrento, which is like on the oh, coast yeah. of Italy. But it's and it's not like a beach coast; it's like rocky coast. You so just did like, her saying? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I literally looked at him and was like, "Ah." Oh. And Sorrento is like there's there's like lemon farms Only up in the hills, and it's like a very it's kind of a small town. You never That'd be think cool. about farming lemons, you know? But yeah, they got to come from somewhere. They do. They got to come from somewhere. <laughs> and then Beautiful. another place, not any place specific, I guess, but Scotland is always... Uh, oh, I want to go there so bad. want to go to Scotland. Scotland. You Scots. should definitely do it. Uh, so, yeah, th- those are my answers. Awesome. I, I definitely like um, am thinking abroad because when I thought of, like, most like to live, I wanted to be surrounded by history and a culture that I could completely, like, immerse myself. And I feel like America has the history, but it's not quite as ingrained. Um, well, it hasn't been around as Correct. Well. It has not been around as So I just I want to be surrounded by a history and a culture that supports. So you can learn some more facts. I don't care too much about the history. <laughs> That's okay. Just the water, you know. The sun. Come on. Mm. Thing about Hawaii though is like my hair. You know, my, my hair? hair. Did you said hair? Frizz. Hair. Oh. Cut it off. Whatever. It's like they got a lot of hair in Hawaii. No, we'll get. It's humid, probably. Very humid. It's rainforest. Rainforest. <laughs> well, in some parts. I know, but I'll probably live in that part. Oh, okay. You think your hair is really going to be the biggest struggle out there? <laughs> What do you think it's going to be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, hair seems like it's going to be pretty low on the list of things, right? That's because you don't have long hair. Whoop. I did at one point. Now I got no hairs. You got no <laughs> hairs. You don't have to worry about I like to see that frizz up. You have a couple curly keys on. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Lee. What, uh, what other? Do you got any other questions? That's it. No. Oh, that's it? Uh, Interesting. Ooh, that's some deep thinking. Yeah, I was, so if you, what uh, kind of human am I? What did we determine? <laughs> that you were you, Adam. And you have you lived your life. You are you. That's you good have to know. Exactly Wait, how you. The Dr. Seuss quote. You are, there's no one better than you. You are than you. <laughs> you are than you. Truer than true. You're you are than you. There's Whatever no one, there's no one better than you. What <laughs> you, a quote. Year. I'll look it up and find it. What a quote. You, you. All right. All right. liked what you've heard this season be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review wherever you stream podcasts red leather yellow leather oh we are. <laughs> yeah we're going <laughs> okay. i was doing my warm-ups go ahead today for our um meat portion of the podcast we are continuing and i think ending. hamburgers no what oh, oh. Okay. meat section i get what you did there. oh um I think this will be our last, I think, of this series. I, I don't, don't think, think this does. means what you think it means. Yeah. yeah. What, what are the letters, Mason? I-D-T-T-M-I-Y-M. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't that think one. that means. <laughs> that's, 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 oh, that's no, it. there's a W in there. Oh. Oh. Shoot. Um, Everyone always forgets the W. Ah. We have been walking through various scriptures that um, we see everywhere. So, you know, crocheted on a pillowcase or on a wall or, you know, on sports equipment. Um, 
various yep. scriptures that we've seen <laughs> used in different spaces, but maybe a little twisted and out of context, some more than others. So we've covered Philippians 4.13. We've covered Jeremiah 29.11. We have covered 1 Corinthians. Corinthians. And is today 4? Uh, today is, uh, what, episode? Yeah. I didn't miss one, did I? Okay. No. So today we're going to talk about more of a theme, not just a verse, though we are going to reference several different scripture. Uh, we're going to talk about this theme. I don't think any of these are crocheted on a pillow. No, but I do think some of them are <laughs> written on the wall in invisible ink. Mm. Ooh. Okay. That was... Like when you go in those um, escape rooms and you have to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> push, the, push the drawer and then it lights up. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, today we're going to be talking about the theme of women in ministry. Mm. And we know that there are several scriptures. Ooh. In just a second, I'm going to read one that stands out that people use to incriminate um, women in the pulpit, women preaching and, and teaching roles. Um, so before I do that, I want to read a comment um, made by a prominent pastor in the last two years. I want to read the comment and I want to gauge your response. Okay. Um, all right. Um, someone asked this pastor, um, during a panel discussion, what they felt about Beth Moore. Beth Moore is, um, a Bible teacher. Uh, she, started in, in author's books out of a ministry called Living Proof. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Beth Moore, you can look her up, but likely you've heard of her or her studies. Um, an incredibly studied um, academic, um, I'm trying to leave my own opinion out of this, but I would say a wonderful teacher of scripture. Mm-hmm. So this, per, this pastor's reply was a, a, a male said, Bluntly, oh, go home. He followed it up with, there's no case that can be made at all biblically for a woman preacher, period. Paragraph, end of discussion. Just because you have the skill to sell jewelry on TV sales channels doesn't mean that you should be preaching. There are people who have certain hawking skills, natural abilities to sell. They have energy and personality and all of that, but that doesn't qualify you to preach. So... What do you think? Hmm. Bit aggressive. Okay. Aggressive. If I can cherry pick what he said, I agree with him. I do think that preachers should have um, more than just charisma behind them. And they should have the learned and the knowledge and the ability to create community. So the last sentence, just because you I have agree. The ability to sell jewelry on TV. Just because you have the ability to sell jewelry on TV? Or, you know... Um, like talk to people to get them to buy you a plane. Um, like I, I agree, you should not be a pastor. Um, I do not think that is solely um, women. That, that really doesn't discriminate. That doesn't discriminate gender. Yeah. So broaden that to say men and women. All people. All people. Yeah. Good point. But that has nothing to do with Beth Moore. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. That's um, why I hesitantly said if I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was a great, good. great take right from the yeah. beginning. I mean, it's so we talked a little bit about this before, like that's so foreign for me to just think about because the only church context I've ever found myself in, like I remember immediately when I started going to church, I was like, oh, there's, there's male pastors up there and there's female pastors up there. And it was just, okay, that's the way 
that's the way it is. And so I just have never thought so like to me, just the thought of like, oh, there can't be in that. And that's the context we're in here too, is where there's actually more female pastors in this church mm-hmm. than there are male pastors in this church. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and lots of females in leadership roles. And so mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling for me to, to kind of wrap my mind around. To be honest. Okay. So take all of that out of, out of it. You are a, you are a learner and a studier of Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. And he said, there is no case biblically for a woman say, preacher. Has he Period, ever... <laughs> paragraph, end of discussion. <laughs> very, he ever looked at very him? prominent preacher, leader of a church, author, theologian, is saying mm-hmm. this isn't just like kind of a... I would tell him, studied. I don't think those passages you're referring to think what they... Mean I don't what think they mean. Mean what you think they... Oh my! Mm. Nailed it. You told him. <laughs> you told him. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Is that has he ever looked at the context of what he's reading? The likelihood is yes. Yeah. Based so he's on choosing his... to believe. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's where these passages are are so difficult. We're gonna we're gonna go through some of these passages. Yeah. And so people read them like, oh, this is what this says, and like, and this guy's arrived at that opinion, and he really feels like he's arrived at biblical truth in it that it's supported and some people feel like that and then others read it and they're like no if you really investigate this this way it's completely opposite and that's that's where scripture is difficult right that's where we we cross these bridges and it and it's hard we all come to scripture with our own lens of what we have been through and what our um, people before us have taught us and how they have taught us to approach scripture anyway yeah Yeah, and i think that is the lesson in this series right is we have to deconstruct that <clears throat> because who does that harm when it's when it when we preach all of us i mean we can think of times we've said stuff and gone well that made sense to me but to somebody on the outside yeah. of what i was saying that didn't make sense so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do we put scripture in its rightful place so that it's accessible and truth for all people because we want any female student or friend or whatever that's listening today to know that you don't have to go home <laughs> um that that is theology and that might be where this person has arrived. But I would like to, to make the bold statement that um, that's poor theology. So um, that is my opinion. Um, but I think the danger, most dangerous thing said in that statement is this. There is no case that can be made biblically for a woman to preach or period, paragraph, end of discussion. Mm-hmm. As if mm-hmm. we can round it out tie it off with a bow, close it off. There is nothing else to be said. And that this person feels that they have the authority to make that call. Mm -hmm. Like that, Mm -hmm. that to me is, is super troubling. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I would like to read you some verses when people like this um, person. And and I think this person was pressed really hard um, by communities of faith when this came out and um, that, this was inappropriate and, and shouldn't have been said. If you guys want to look that up as you listen and go, um, the, the speaker's name was John MacArthur and you can find a lot of information on his follow-up to that comment um, and, and what other people had to say to him if you'd like some more opinions on sort of that colored statement. Um, but I want to read you a verse that a lot of times people like John MacArthur are referencing when they make statements like that, Okay. So this is going to come from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Anybody else have it up and want to read it, or should I just go for it? Go for it. Okay. Definitely. So, Thank therefore, you. I want 
men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or golds or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. That gave me the shivers Ooh. to read. That's when you, when you read a verse like that. This is why it's so important to put it back in its place, to put it back in context, because that is offensive to so in so many more ways besides women should just not be a preacher. It also says yes. <laughs> women will be saved through childbearing. Yeah, so what do we say to a family that that's not, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot here. There's a lot mm -hmm. to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot. But if we zoom out, right, let's go back. That's a really close up view. But if we back up, what's happening in this book? Who's writing this letter? Is it Roman? Paul. Are you in Romans? Um, first Timothy. First Timothy. Okay. <laughs> what book Paul. are we in? <laughs> Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. To Timothy, yeah. And the people of Ephesus. And in Ephesus, like, there is so much dissension, like, so much disunity, um, deceitfulness going on in the church. So Paul is writing this to Timothy to a very specific population. And this actually goes against, which is why also we have to put Scripture in context, because it directly goes against other things Paul has said. Mm -hmm. Right, about women. Right, because we have to remember that when Paul is writing these letters, often it's after, he was run out of town, and that's why Timothy's taken over here. So he's writing this to like this specific audience that he knows, right? We have to remember that these letters are written to real people, real different mm -hmm. groups of people, right? In You're, unique scenarios and right. equations and of various levels of understanding of the Hebrew past of the now what would have been called the way of following Christ, right? There's a Hebrew past there that's a whole history that they might not know about, or they have had involvement in it, or they've had involvement with pagan gods or whatever it may be. Yeah. There's, so there's a whole history of what they're even understanding of what's going on. But right. also right. their history of like just Paul and Timothy. Like I think my emails to Adam would be totally different from my emails to Lee just mm -hmm. because we have different experiences as friends and as mm -hmm. colleagues together. Like I might put more detail in some portions and might just say, hey, remember that? Dot, 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 and then move on. Right. Um, and so when we read letters to friends, basically, to colleagues, um, there are things that we are missing and things that we don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important. Again, sometimes somebody said, did you say this hoops last week about the mailbox? Yes. That was so good. Like Thank you. you don't go to the mailbox and just pull, it? you don't just go to your mailbox, grab a letter out, don't even look to see who it's from, open it up, read a few sentences and then throw it away right. and be like, oh yeah, I know what it was, what it was you about. You read it in the whole of the subject, like yeah. what's happening yeah. all around. That's so good because... We, I think I read scripture. Maybe you guys tell me if you're different. And I forget they're like real people. Like I just mm -hmm. read it as mm -hmm. this like abstract thought. Yeah. And when I put them in like skin and situations mm -hmm. and struggles and yep. kids misbehaving and stuff, it's like it starts to make more sense. Yes. So what are some things in that scripture that you ob object to if you do? Well, one of the things I want to 
point out in that scripture is like, I think, and, and Lee, you'd have to go back in and read the exact line for me, but he, he processes through sin originating, mm. right? Right. And, right? And references like, they shall be redeemed through like childbirth, right? Mm. So that's a, I mean, there's something really important there to realize is that he's taking it all the way back to the very beginning and saying sin, like he's, he's explaining sin as it originates from the very, very beginning, which means that there had to have been a problem with sin in the culture that they were living in, right? We right. read all of the context there. We know that it had to have been a problem. <laughs> so he's going back and he's rehashing, he's rehashing the whole thing, right? At the very beginning, Adam and Eve ate of the apple, right? And and what did what did God say there? Like one of the punishments, what the snake would slither on their belly, and that the woman shall feel childbirth pain, right? And right. so that was one of the ways, like, uh, of sin entering into the world and the redemption that it should be. So it's, you know, and there's also the reference of Adam coming first, and then the second Adam, right, which is Jesus. So there's reference to Jesus there, which means he, he's drawing some parallels of grace but he's, he's, he's telling it through the lens of the very, very beginning of, of things. So, you know, Lee, to your very point at the beginning of saying, like, does that mean women who, who can't have children? Like couples. The, yeah, like children. couples who can't have children. Is that, I think it's more of a reference to the grace through Jesus that, it, that, that he's talking about. Like, there, there is that grace. Like he, but he's telling it through a much different lens. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah, that's really good. One of the things I read was, like, it's really bad, um, you know, st- study of scripture to write, like cherry pick that verse about women preaching and teaching and being submissive, mm-hmm. but to not then cherry pick the verse about women will be saved, you know, through their childbearing. Like we don't, that's not one we hear and there's, it, that is yeah. much contested. So how can we hold one to such a high, in high right. regard and leave that two verses down completely like, oh, that's wow. not really a thing. So, right. yeah, that there's such danger, I think, um, in that. And also, um, one thing I read was talking about the word authority that's used here. And they talk about the Greek, the way this is translated, it's very clear that the word authority wasn't related to, like, a normative church structure. It was just related to authority in general. So he wasn't talking about the church hierarchy and leadership, mm. um, but to like a group of people. Uh, I think that's important. And mm. it wasn't given, it was a personal letter to Timothy. We've said that about a certain group, but there's no command from God here. It's not as if mm. this is what Remember God what says. Jesus said here. Right. Remember what God had parted the clouds and said here. Right. This is Paul. This is Paul. Paul. You know, to Timothy, who and, is a male that's in part of this culture. And if you read about Paul's personality, which I, if I can recommend a book to you that I learned so much was the call that we did from mm-hmm. Adam Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about yeah. Paul and how, like, he got run out of town a lot of times, and people didn't like him because he was just a jerk. Like, I mean, yeah. he has that personality. Um, I, I don't know Paul. I don't mean to, you <laughs> know, to mean his name. But disclaimer: we don't really know Paul. <laughs> But Never again, as same as we think about the people Paul's writing to, we have to remember Paul is a human too, right? Yeah. Like living in a context and in a culture. Yes. And it was a male culture in the time, right? Yes. right? And totally. I think that's part well, of what we no see rights. in, yeah, in, in some of these things. And I think he's trying to, like, he's trying to coach someone who's dealing with a very specific environment, right? right? But remember, back to the first one we did, 
the first um, episode of this series, we talked about Paul writing the letter to Lydia and, yes. and Lydia and her, it was just women, remember, who met at the water. Yes. And he's like, continue on with church, keep going. Like he's yeah. writing to women who are leading a church, yeah. Yeah. a group of women. So saying this, go, you're doing great. You're things. doing great. Like keep going. Nothing God, you know, God Blesses cannot be like, stopped. Yeah. Keep going. So we see these like parallels. So obviously we can't. It's not the end of discussion. It's not sorry. the end of discussion. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Um, well, and then you just, you have to like counterlay these with other passages that yeah. Paul writes to Corinthians, like instructing when women pray, right? Like, so it's an assumed, like when women pray out loud, like when those things, and it's like, well, how do you? So what are some, that's a great point. So what are some other times in scripture where we can reference that there were women Teaching teachers and, and preachers? Leading. Yeah. I mean, I always go when, whenever, like, uh, I've had people bring these passages mm-hmm. to me and say like, well, look, what do you say about these? You know, or, and whether it's a, a, a guy bringing it to me being like, well, hey, why do we have women pastors? Or whether it's a girl coming and saying like, hey, can I, sh- do I need to be quiet? Or, you know, asking questions. I always reference to the gospel, right? We go to the gospel and Jesus, like it's Easter morning. Jesus has come out of the tomb. Um, and who does he find there? Some of the women, right? And yeah. he speaks to the women. Because they and, recognized first. Right. They recognized first. He he says to them, like he says their name, and then they recognize, oh my gosh. You know, they call they him knew the voice. Right. They yeah. call they they call him rabbi. They know who he is by name. Um, you know, and they're overjoyed. And then he says, Go tell the disciples. Mm-hmm. Go tell the others. Which so they run and go tell the others, like Christ has risen, like it, you know, hey. This thing that we thought, you know, needed to happen, it has happened. Like sin, death has been defeated. And instantly, by definition, that makes those women apostles. Mm -hmm. Because an apostle is defined as one who is sent to tell the good news, right? Right. And so they become... Not even just apostles, the first apostles. Right, the first apostles. So they they become sent, like they are carriers of the good news. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's like, man, how can... If we look at that and Jesus says, like, this is who I trusted to send my, my good news first, like, I don't think he cared whether it was, it was a man a or a woman. or a man, yeah. yeah like he, who am was, I to say no? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was he looked at someone that was trusted and worthy of carrying the message. Yeah. I think of um, Phoebe, who is was one of his, um, well, one of his trusted, I guess, apostles you could say or or followers but that she helped deliver the letters to romans and it says that um you know she was able to travel far distances showing that she had wealth and she was you know able to pay for that and then also that she was able to read the letters to the city and then um that shows that she was educated and i don't know like to me, that she's a teacher right there, and I always think of her. Yeah, mm. yeah, and the, the the same with um, you know, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, Priscilla is called out as Aquila's coworker like time and time again in Scripture, um, Romans and Second Timothy and First Corinthians sixteen, um, equating them sort of as equals in ministry, which is important, I think. And then there's um, Junia who Jesus, uh, or Jesus, Paul refers to as a prominent <laughs> apostle again. So mm-hmm. giving that like apostolic leadership to 
to females. Um, we know, you know, Old Testament, but we know Esther and we know the stories there and we know Rahab and we know mm-hmm. um, these women who've done powerful things for, you know, for the better for, men of the. Yeah. And for, for a place for us to land today, like they were still learning and growing from their um, ministry, from their ministry. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I like a, a, you know, a personal reference. Like I look at people like my wife, who's a, you know, an yeah. ordained pastor. And I'm like, you are many a days, you're a way better pastor than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and a better preacher and a better, you know, all of these, uh, these things. So it's like, to me, like when I hear some of these things, like, I don't like, I take offense to it in some ways just cause it's like, are you questioning the, you know, my wife's ability to do the work that she's called to do. And right. I think that, you know, these passages do at times get kind of cherry picked to just kind of, you know, the other, and the other piece of that is right. Like this, there are things in scripture that like are painful to hear and read. So it's not as if we're saying it, I mean, because that is in scripture. Like Paul does write that to Timothy, right? So yeah, we're not there. trying we're to not, say yeah. like, oh, ignore that. Because that, let's just give you all these other references where it's true. So ignore this one piece. Like you have to take it all mm-hmm. as a whole yeah. story. And I think that's important because we're not saying avoid this because it doesn't fit our narrative. Yeah. Like none of us are saying that. Um, but let's put it in its rightful place within the context. Yeah, of Yeah. Anything. I feel like we should be saying like, go read it and wrestle with it. Yeah. Right. Like read, wrestle. That's, I mean, I think. To me, that's been one of the one of the purposes of this series is to like go to the hard place, like go to the things that you thought you understood completely, mm-hmm. and learn how much more you can learn from them. Like absolutely, I think that's that's exactly what this verse causes me to do. And I want to end with another verse, but because it, if you take out the, um, like I, I as I was reading that, I paused right that scripture because it like ruffled my feathers. Like I don't, I don't I literally moved the microphone that. away from my face. Yeah. So I did not like. Right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think if you put it in the context of, okay, so it's not a woman that should be submissive, but let's look at like, if the letter was being written in our culture today to like an immigrant that must be submissive or a person of a certain minority race, right. Or a certain, um, of a certain sexual identity or disability or disability. Right. So you put that in there and you're going as if giving them a lower place, right. Mm -hmm. On, in the hierarchy, in the structure. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to wrestle with that. Um, and, and when we're preaching and when we're speaking and when, when this narrative is pushed, like the one that we heard from that quote from, um, John MacArthur, like, it was exclusionary. Like he literally said to Beth Moore, who wasn't at the panel, like go home, like quit teaching. There's no, there's no room for you essentially. And who are like, when we say, when we carry our own narratives, no matter what they are, if they have nothing to do with this, like, who are we excluding? Like, who are we saying you need to sit down so that I can stand up? And, and I think for students that are listening an easy way, if, um, you know, maybe you are not the most biblically based, like you're maybe just opening your Bible for the first couple of times, um, maybe don't go to Paul's letters um, <laughs> to start struggling with this. Like maybe go to D- Jesus's preaching of the parables and see where that stretches you and start going from there. Because I think those, um, you know, come 
literally closer from Jesus than a letter in between two friends um, and go to the parables and see, okay, like where is this stretching me? Where do I need to look uh, and get kind of familiar with that feeling and then maybe go into Paul's letter, maybe not dive in straight into Paul. That's a good, that's really good wisdom because then you learn right Jesus' character, God's Mm -hmm. character. Yeah. Um, before you jump into you're a little more for or against, then then you're gonna jump into humans, yeah, back into humans again, which were messy. Well, and just like if you have a good study Bible, like you, like my my Bible, before you start any book, there's like two to three paragraphs that's just this is the context of this book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't skip don't the skip intro, don't you know, intro. don't skip the intro. That's like. For years and years and years, when I'd start a book, I'd be like, the introduction, I want to start with page one, right? Where's chapter one? <laughs> yeah. But don't skip the intro, like on any yeah. book, but because it gives you the context in which someone was writing, you know, like even mm. if you're reading a leadership book now, the introduction gives you, this is why this person wanted to write this book, right? So you mm. have that frame in your mind the whole time. So right. go grab a good study Bible that has like a few paragraphs at the beginning of each chapter or at beginning of each book that tells you this is the context of of how this was written and the time period and you know all those things that are really helpful and i think what this series has encouraged us to do is not only ingest cherry-picked verses right verses that fit a narrative or are just out there and we get to leave them to interpretation but it also causes us like not to put out things for other people to ingest. So I would challenge you on the back end of this series, not to put just a verse on your Instagram and leave it without context or on your wall without really knowing what, where, who said this? Or not what was be the able time to period? like, hey, why is that on your Instagram? Be able right. to have a, like a, either an elevator, sort of like four or five sentence or an hour deep conversation of like why that is a motto, why you believe in this, what the context was and be able to explain it. Um, with study and with, you know, some robust things. Yeah. And I think that's our responsibility, right? As Mm -hmm. believers and teachers of truth and communicators of truth is that we don't leave things for interpret, for interpretation, right? We put them in their rightful place um, and give some logical explanation that people can dispute or, you know, refute or whatever. Discussion with them. Yeah. Like be in community with that person. But just know what you're, know where it's coming from and what the original maybe intent was. And that doesn't mean also that it doesn't have a new intent now in your space and in your life, Mm -hmm. because we know the word of God is living and active and moving and breathing. So, um, yeah, I hope this series has encouraged you. It's encouraged me. I've learned a lot. It's remind me to, um, not do what I've done before, which is just like throw something out because it makes sense to my feeling of the day, (laughs) you know? So, um, I'd love to close this with this. Uh, this is Galatians chapter three, 26 through 29. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free, nor there is male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Have you heard the news? We've got an Instagram at to the table BUMCSM.
All right, for this week's dessert, we really wanted to just take a moment to encourage you, especially as we wrap up uh, this series, uh, but Lent isn't completely wrapped up yet. And so Mm. we just wanted to encourage you that as we find ourselves kind of in the middle of the Lenten season to just uh, continue. If you got uh, a Lent box uh, to continue following that that devotional practice. Also, maybe if you've taken on something or uh, sacrificed something for this time, we're just encouraging to continue on, um, but also just asking and saying like, how can we be on that journey with you? Reach out to one of us. We would love to hear about how that's going and, and how we could help uh, you continue to prepare um, for Easter, which is... Uh, you Just know, around the rapidly corner. Rapidly approaching. Yeah. It's crazy how quickly it's coming. So uh, with that, what one thing did you learn today? Hmm. I think I was reminded um, that not everyone is where we are. So, um, example, um, not everyone perceives um, women as equals. And just constantly reminded. Mm-hmm. I learned that whatever that test is with all those questions, I don't like it. <laughs> you stalled completely. I learned out. that you are a slow thinker. Slow thinker. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. Well, I just got called a be. slow thinker. <laughs> it could be a bad thing. I learned that I say, um, sorry, I derailed her. I, I don't mean to derail us, but. Yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely do that yeah. a little bit. That's okay. I, I think it's mainly in meetings. Called me out on that before. I could. Well, it's I could change. It doesn't no. bother me. No, it's not Are bad. Are you all texting each other like here she goes saying sorry yeah. for derailing? No. Okay. And the funny thing about me. it is sometimes you're not derailing it. You're still within the parameters of what we're talking about. You just think you're derailing, That's or you I'm, just like that phrase. No, I think I'm just like out in space a lot, so I don't really know if I'm <laughs> derailing because I'm not totally sure where we are. I think that is. I've taken it as. You're admitting oh I wasn't fully paying attention, <laughs> but well, this is the thought I have. Guys, this might be off topic, but uh, <laughs> what one thing did we learn today? <laughs> Maybe we that happens way more than you would think. Yeah. 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 yeah, whatever. We still love you for who you are and you and you and you. Oh. She pointed to each one of us. You have given me the love in that moment. Why did you have to share it? Because I called him a slow thinker. (laughs) (laughs) And then she felt bad only giving love to half the people. Yeah. Mason, what'd you learn? Uh, Well, the slow thinker thing. (laughs) Oh. I got two slow thinkers. I I don't know. I don't know whether you're a slow thinker. It's something I didn't really, I didn't learn because I've known it. But when you say, not that you're a slow thinker, but the, but the, uh, when you say, you know. You know. You know. Okay. I love how she said, oh, oh yeah, okay, you know in what? the middle of the segment <laughs> oh, yeah. when I said, she says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You all listening. have a fantastic week. week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of To The Table, be sure to subscribe to keep up with us and to never miss an episode. Our hosts are Lee French, Adam Jones, Kate Orr, Hannah DeFada, and me, Mason Cavanis. Executive produced and recorded by Mason Cavanis and executive produced by Lee French. Edited by Mason Cavanis and John Provost. Mixed and mastered by John Provost. Music by Spring Game. To The Table is a podcast from Brentwood United Methodist Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. 